Coming up on today's Locked On Golden Gophers, Minnesota football had all sorts of things go on last week, and I told you what I thought about it. But now, what are your thoughts on the current class of 2022? We asked you over on Twitter over the weekend what your expectations were for this class that's off to a fast start, and we'll get into your expectations here today. Also, the Olympic trials wrapped up over the weekend with all sorts of Minnesota representation. We'll talk about all of it right here as we start off the week on Locked On Golden Gophers. Welcome into Locked On Golden Gophers here on a Monday. Nate Dickinson with you as we give you everything you need to know about Minnesota sports all the time right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. During the season, it's every day. We haven't been doing that quite as often here in the offseason, but we guarantee you three shows every week no matter what. And again, we'll keep you up to date on everything you need to know going on in Gopher sports. Show today is brought to you by Locked On NFL Draft. You can join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the show today, again, we have your thoughts right now on the current class of 2022 for Minnesota football. It's in a good spot right now, but other schools are going to catch up. What do you think Minnesota ends up at at the end of the cycle? We'll break that down in just a minute. And also, all sorts of Minnesota representation at the 2020, still technically, that's what they're calling it, Olympics in Tokyo. We'll talk about the Gophers who made it, the Gophers who just missed out, and also, which ones have some potential to bring home some hardware from Japan next month. That's all coming up right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. But first, all the news that you need to know about from over the weekend. And most of our news here is Olympics-based. Again, we're going to talk about the athletes who are in there and not in there later on in the program, but we will give you the quick recap right now. First off, over the weekend in the track and field qualifiers, Minnesota had all sorts of athletes competing in those Olympic trials. Unfortunately, not a single gopher ended up making the Olympic Games out of the track and field qualifiers, at least. The closest finisher was Obsa Ali and, and Shane Streak. Uh, Abli in the 3,000-meter steeplechase had already made an Olympic team in 2016. Ends up finishing in 8th place, finished with a time in the final Sunday that was worse than his first round time on Thursday. Was running in big, big heat, according to the Gopher Sports website. Temperatures reaching 112 degrees in places. Not an excuse, everyone else was running in those heats as well. But Meade ends up not quite, or I'm sorry, Ali ends up not quite getting his best time to be able to to get the job done. Speaking of Meade, the name that I kind of said before I should have a minute ago, Hassan Meade was also competing yesterday in the men 5,000 meters, or, or check that, I'll actually correct myself. He competed in the semifinals earlier this weekend, finished in 11th, and again, he does not make the Olympics either. The other finisher, Shane Streak, in the 808th. Alec Baston finished 10th in the 3,000 meter steeplechase. Abby Kohut-Jackson in the 3,000-meter steeplechase for women's finished in 19th. Ben Blankenship was 22nd in the men's 1,500. Heather Kampf was 23rd in the women's 1,500. Madeline Strandemo was 27th in the women's 3,000-meter steeplechase. And Sean Donnelly did not record a mark in the men's hammer throw in the qualifiers. So all sorts of gophers getting to the Olympic trials. And I had obviously nothing to shake a stick at there. He got to compliment that where it's due. But... None making it to the games. Again, hopefully next time we'll be able to see some more Gophers out there in the Olympics. That was only track and field, though, again. There are still plenty of Gophers out there 
competing for Olympic spots and then getting Olympic spots. As over the weekend, Shane Wiskus, former Minnesota men's gymnastics competitor and now U.S. Olympian. He makes the team for the U.S. after finishing third in the overall in gymnastics. As we talked about last week, that third place finish did not assure him a spot in the Tokyo Games, but he did finish well enough in the individual events that he needed to to get himself onto that team. Elsewhere, a whole bunch of Minnesota representation on the mats in gymnastics as well. Simone Biles is on that team for U.S., but two Minnesota natives join her, Suni Lee and Grace McCallum, both out of Minnesota and both hoping to take home gold in Tokyo. We'll again talk more about medal opportunities later in the show for these athletes. A whole bunch of other gophers make the team as well, a whole bunch of other Minnesota reps. Gable Steveson, maybe the most likely medal winner out of that group. Bo Becker is back again, a former gopher. We'll hit the pool once more at the Olympics. But again, we'll talk more about just everybody in those Tokyo games later on in the program today. But that is all the news we had right now for Minnesota Gopher Sports here today. It was a pretty quiet re- weekend, aside from athletes making the Olympic team. I guess we shouldn't downplay that as quiet, but we'll talk about that more later on in the show. Coming up next, we got to talk more Minnesota football recruiting and talk about your thoughts about what happened. We asked you on Twitter in our poll, where do you expect this Gopher class to end up with how hot it's started? We'll talk about your answers to that question and the expectations overall in recruiting right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Nothing on the Gopher sports calendar today. Again, it's the off-season, so there will be individual competitors and different events competing in things like, say, the Olympics, but for the most part, nothing as far as official Gopher sports to tell you about. We do have to tell you, though, about betonline.ag, and with good reason, because these people are the place to go for all of your sports betting needs. Listen, sports betting is blowing up. There's going to be all sorts of different places that you can go to place your bets, to get the knowledge on the bets, and really anything else that you might need in that culture. Bet online, though, is your one-stop shop. They've got the news, the odds that you can put the bets on, and info for all your sporting needs. And we're talking about all the sports as well. It's in-depth. It's deep analysis. And, of course, it's the best lines you're going to be able to find out there when you actually want to make your money. And right now, you can make some money for free by signing up with our promo code Locked On. Go on over to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% of whatever you put in that first time just added in on top for free just by using our promo code Locked On. So again, head on over to betonline.ag. Sign up, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On for some free money, courtesy of us and, of course, the people over at BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Back with more here on Locked On Golden Gophers in a moment. Nate Dickinson with Locked On. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson with you here. Always enjoy taking the time to hear about what you guys have to say, even if it's really stupid. And we'll get to all of that here as we talk about the poll we posted on our Twitter account over the weekend. It's at LO Golden Gophers. If you haven't done it yet, get on over there. Give us a follow on Twitter. We do a really good job of trying to at least stay up to date on everything going on with Minnesota sports. So if you want to stay in the loop, you can do it real easy by just hitting that follow button over there. Again, at LO Golden Gophers. My personal Twitter account is at Nate with sports. 
Well, let's talk about what you guys had to say about the poll that we posted on our page over the weekend. It was asking about this Minnesota recruiting class that we've got right now. Because a lot of people are excited at the moment of just what P.J. Fleck's been doing, and rightfully so. He's done a really good job of putting together at least the early parts of a really good class. And he's done so with an extent to the point that he's now at the number 19 class in the country. Now, that's with double-digit commits. There are a lot of schools that only still have like three or four guys out there or even less. And some of those schools are going to end up jumping the Gophers over the course of the year. So it's pretty well understood that that class isn't actually going to stay at number 19 unless something really surprising happens. But the question becomes like just how far down does it drop if you're thinking of it that way? If you want to be more glass half full, I guess, just how high can it stay right now with where the Gophers are at compared to everybody else? I'll start with just what you guys had to say. The poll we posted was, with all the Gophers football recruiting news as of late, what do you expect the class of 2022, and I mentioned again, number 19 now, to rank at the end of the cycle? And I mentioned, as always, reply with your thoughts, which we'll get to. I then also posted a bit of a reference of PJ Flex history. Class of 2021, number 38 in the country. Class of 2020, 38. 2019, 45. And 2018, number 38 again. So it's been pretty consistent for Fleck. Being able to get into that kind of late 30, low 40s range throughout his time at Minnesota. And we'll get to why that is, at least I think in a minute, why he hasn't been able to go up or down. But there was a bit of an explanation uh, from Boatwagon who responded at Boatwagon1 on Twitter. One of the just many gopher sports stan accounts out there. He, he said, I'm thinking high 30s. I, in, I'm guessing high 30s means like the end of like 30, 31, or 32, I guess there wasn't really clarification. I'm thinking that's what he means. Low 30s, like 38, 39. But anyway, I'm thinking high 30s because it will be such a small class. And then he went on to say, we break into the top 25 after an 11-2 and two season. So he's saying it, it, that's not followed by a pandemic. So he's saying that that go for class of 2020, or 2021, I'm guessing I should say. I'm trying, God, I, I'm, I'm Pandemic has me so confused. I'm trying to think. All right, 11-2 and two was in the fall of 2019. That would have been the class of 2020 recruiting class. So, he with the pandemic starting in... God, I hadn't even thought about this. I don't think this is a very smart thing for him to say, to say that the Gophers would have been top 25 class. But I hadn't even thought... Like, the pandemic starts in March of 2020. So the class of 2020 recruiting is already done. This is the class of 2021 that he's talking about. So he's saying that this class that P.J. Fleck just now brought in would have been in the top 25 if there hadn't been a pandemic. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I'll get to the rest of what you guys had to say as far as the votes on our poll in just a minute. But blaming the pandemic for everything wrong with this football team is just such an easy way to get your heart broken at the start of the 2021 season. I've heard Minnesota Gopher fans blame the pandemic for the run defense, for the defense as a whole, for the reason why the Gophers just weren't able to compete in some areas of the game in 2020. And I get all that. This was a young Minnesota football team, and it did have growing pains that it wasn't really able to go through because there was a pandemic going on in the world. But at the same time, it's not like that was all of what was wrong with this team. And I've cautioned before with the on-the-field stuff, you cannot take what happened too lightly. You can give a little bit of an excuse and say that the pandemic had an impact. It absolutely did. But I really, really have been consistently downplaying just how big that impact is just because I saw that this team was not ready in some ways to compete. And the pandemic has things to do with that. But I also saw a team that just was not good enough in a lot of ways too. 
And I feel like a lot of people are trying to lean that negative energy on the pandemic in hopes that it gets better in the fall, and I don't see it. But to blame the recruiting class on the pandemic. Was recruiting harder? Yes, sure, absolutely. And with the on-the-field stuff, while everyone was dealing with the same stuff in the pandemic, you could easily argue that Minnesota had it harder because there were more new players who were getting out there on the field. It's a younger team. You could easily say that the pandemic hit the Gophers harder than it did other teams in the Big Ten and in the country. I can't think of a reason why. The pandemic would have hurt Minnesota's recruiting any more than anybody else, I'm saying. Like maybe Minnesota didn't have the chance to establish itself on the recruiting scene or on the recruiting trail after a good season like that. But I don't know, man. That just seems like a mindset of the past for me. With the internet and the way that these kids are able to not only get themselves out there, but see how every other school's doing things. I find it really hard to believe that the kind of setbacks that Minnesota had because of the pandemic in recruiting were any different than anybody else. The on the field stuff, if you want to blame anything for that, go ahead. I may not agree with you, but I can't prove that you're wrong. We'll find out in the fall. Saying that the recruiting had anything to do with the pandemic, or at least the reason why Minnesota wasn't any better than anybody else. Because yes, the pandemic had something to do with this recruiting class, obviously. Kids weren't able to get on campus. But everybody had to deal with that. If you're going to say that the pandemic hurt Minnesota's recruiting any more than anybody else, if you're going to argue that this was going to be a top 25 recruiting class if there hadn't been a pandemic, that just doesn't make sense. And that's going too far, and I'll call you out on it, as I am right now. This pandemic did a lot of things. It did not make Minnesota any worse at recruiting than any other school. So if you're worried about P.J. Fleck not being able to get above number 38 in the country, it seems, right now, in his recruiting classes, don't put that on the pandemic. Put that on what Fleck's been able to do with these guys. You could make the argument that Minnesota would have had a bigger impact on some of these kids if they had gotten on campus and seen how great it is and seen the culture and all that stuff. I'm saying that's a stretch and a big one. Because one, everybody else had to do it too. And two, even if Minnesota would have been able to win over some guys with the actual in-person physical stuff, easily could have lost just as many to other schools who had it too. You can blame Minnesota football's downfalls on a lot of things. And in this past year, the pandemic has become the primary one of them. But that's on the field stuff. When it comes to convincing people to come to your school, I don't see how the pandemic affected that. I really don't. Or at least affected it relatively, you know? It obviously affected it. It affected what kids were able to do. But as far as getting Minnesota to get a guy over anybody else... Yeah, it was still the level playing field that it always was. Minnesota wasn't playing uphill because of the pandemic there. That's just my thoughts right now on everything you guys had to say on the poll. And again, we did actually have uh, options on that poll, and I never read them. So the four options that you had as far as the question wrote. Again, we asked, where do you expect Minnesota to end up? The four choices were a top 25 class, class number 26 to 35, 36 to 45, or 46 to 55. Now, as you may have guessed, the middle two options were most popular. Actually, an even number of votes, 37% each, to the number 26 to 35 class and 36 to 45 class. Which does tell me, to be fair, for all the stuff I've given you over this last couple of minutes about just how stupid it is to think that Minnesota isn't, or is affected by a pandemic in recruiting, I think 
you do kind of get an idea that these fans do know what they're talking about when they put this kind of middle of the pack range out there in the votes. Because I think people understand that Minnesota isn't going to become Ohio State overnight, isn't going to become Clemson, isn't going to become Alabama. That's obvious. Those recruiting classes aren't going to become that either. P.J. Fleck, as we talked about last week, right now, the way that he wins is not by beating people in recruiting. It's by beating people in the weight room and on the practice field, taking those three-star recruits with the four-stars sprinkled in and developing, developing, wow, all right, third try, developing them into the players who can compete with those four- and five-star recruits that the biggest schools get. So I think people are right for putting it in that kind of a range. I think people are right for being able to kind of shift up a little bit and say, all right, maybe this class will be a little bit better because PJ started off well, and it looks like Minnesota starting to win some of these battles against schools it hadn't before. And I believe in PJ Fleck as a motivator, obviously, and as a person who can get someone to buy into what he's doing. He's proven that he knows how to do that. So I'm confident in PJ Fleck still. Even with the class rankings that he's put up so far, I'm still confident in him as a coach. So I think you're about right with what you have as far as this class's projections are. But I would be hesitant again as I continue to see it. I just keep finding myself going back to this idea that you should not be putting that much of this on the pandemic. I know it's confusing to go from 11-2 to under 500. And I will admit the pandemic had something to do with it. But it didn't have anything to do with why Minnesota wasn't able to improve on the recruiting trail. And I would really, really downplay just how much of an effect it had on the field. Because again, you're just setting yourself up to be disappointed if Minnesota does end up, well, let's say not being a very good run defense, very possible in the fall. Let's look at what you guys had to say over the weekend on our poll on Twitter. Again, follow us at LO Golden Gophers to stay up to date on everything going on all around the Gophers. And we'll, of course, let you know whenever we post an episode or have anything fun going on there, too. My personal account, again, at Nate with Sports. And before we get into what we're talking about next, and next up we've got more Olympics talk with Minnesota Gophers and other Minnesota athletes to discuss, we first got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Now, these things have everything you need as far as just what you want out of your nutrients. Protein, the low calories, Virtually no sugar and no net carbs, 4 grams or less in all of them. But the outstanding flavors are what really, really gets people hooked. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. It's just a few of the many, many flavors that they're able to put in front of you and try to get you hooked on. That's what Built Bar is trying to do. Other places are trying to find the stuff for everybody. That's not Built Bar's stance. They've got stuff for everybody, but they don't want everything to appeal to everybody. Some of this stuff's going to gross you out. I don't like the idea of salted caramel protein bars all that much. I'm not a caramel guy. But other flavors out there, cherry, raspberry, I'm a big berry fruit guy. I'll eat those all day long. Built Bars have all the flavors out there that you could ever need and exactly what you're looking for. They're trying to find your addictive flavor and get you hooked on these Built Bars. So go over to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code Locked 15 for 15% off your next order. That's locked 15 at builtbar.com.
Welcome back into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. We're wrapping things up talking Olympics. Listen, I've told you before, if I'm not an expert on something, I'm not going to talk to you as if I'm an expert on something. I like sports. I know a lot about a lot of sports. I don't know a lot about a lot of the Olympic sports. I don't know a lot about who's the best of the best, who's the worst of the worst. So I'm not going to sit here and talk to you like I'm an expert. And I intentionally only do this with a couple of minutes left because I know I'm not going to have all that much to say. But I know what I am good at, and I'm good at looking up this stuff and finding the research to tell you a little bit of context. So hopefully you can go into this with at least more knowledge than I had this morning going into it. So a lot of these names you'll have heard before, which is good because it means that I'm doing my job and telling you what's going on in Gopher Sports. But a lot of these names, you may not know exactly where they stand as far as, well, all of the 7 billion people in the world and what they rank up in their sports at. So while we look at the Olympic competitors for the Gophers, we'll start to look here at who can really compete for medals and what were some of the surprises from over the weekend at the trials. We'll start right there. First off, I mean specifically Obsa Ali, but for nobody who were represented by Minnesota in those track and field trials, to make the Olympics is tough. I mean, to get to the trials in general is obviously a huge, huge, huge thing. So we're not downplaying any of these competitors. And to be fair, a majority of the people competing at these trials weren't with times or anything close to being able to make this team. So for a lot of people, just making the trials was the win. But to not have anybody from Minnesota represented, at least in that area of the Olympic Games, it's tough to take after sending that many people out there to try and give it a go. Again, Obs Ali didn't make the team in the 3,000-meter steeplechase after making the team in 2016. He ends up, or I'm sorry, I think he was the 5,000 meters. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he was more distance. And he ends up not making that team. He made it in 2016. Conditions weren't great, but we talked about it last segment. Everybody was dealing with the same stuff. It was a level playing field. So tough on him and tough on the Gopher team to not let anybody get in there. But of course, as we mentioned, it's a huge honor just to get there and a really, really good sign going forward for just those Olympic sports for the Gophers to have so much representation right here when it matters most. On the other side of things where the Gophers did have their representation, of course, Minnesota dominating in the women's gymnastics areas, sending two Minnesota natives, none of them Gophers, but Minnesota natives, over to the Olympics, Suni Lee and Grace McCallum. They'll, of course, be competing for medals. The U.S. Olympics gymnastic team always is competing for medals. You can pretty much guarantee they're going to take home some kind of hardware, if not as an individual, as a team. So it'll be really, really exciting to see when that goes down and be able to see those people competing and representing the state of hockey on the gymnastics maps. Of course, Gable Stevenson's in as well, the wrestler at the heavyweight division who has been making his name known pretty much all around the wrestling world and has done it on every stage except for this one. So it's going to be exciting to see him out there and trying to see if he can step up in the way he stepped up at every other level on the world's biggest stage. That's like the storyline maybe I'm most interested in, if it wasn't for Shane Wiskus. Shane Wiskus is a name you've heard on this program before. He, it was not surprising that he made the Olympic team. He's one of the best gymnasts in the world, in the U.S., of course, when it comes to this. But just the story behind it is really, really good. With Minnesota Gymnastics getting cut after this season, with him falling at the World Championships, I think it was, a little while back to get himself in a tougher spot, I think. Again, I don't know exactly how the qualifyings work, but anywho, it had been a tough road for Shane Wiskus to this point. And for him to kind of fight through all of that, 
persevere and get himself into the Olympic Games. It's just one of those things where, like, if he compete for a medal, it's one of those things everyone's going to be rooting for. If they learn the story and learn what this guy's had to go through on top of a pandemic, just in his environment and his life and his sport over the last year, I think people would really start to make him a fan favorite. So it's a lot of really exciting stories, a lot of really feel-good stories, and hopefully a lot of hard work coming home to the state of Minnesota after the Olympic Games in July and August. We'll, of course, talk more about all that as it approaches, but as the trials wrap up, Minnesota has itself plenty of Olympians and hopefully more medals coming their way as well. I don't know why I went singular on the medals at first there. We'll send you away here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Be back later in the week. Of course, follow us at LO Golden Gophers. Follow me on Twitter at NateWithSports and get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this has been Locked On Golden Gophers. I'm Nate Dickinson. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma. Go Gophers.